Hello and welcome back to the Cheese and Seas of Life podcast with Tanya and Claire. It's like take three. Maybe. But one day we should compile all the offcuts. There'll be a lot. Yeah, there is an awful I delete a hell of a lot. And when I go through the editing process, it's intense. Yeah, I bet. Really intense. <laughs> I bet. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. And I was also thinking the other day about why I'm the one that always starts the podcast. It's always mm. me. I think because I'm in control of the buttons, I'm a bit too bossy. Yes. No, well, it is your setup. I, st- I stay away from the laptop. Don't the, touch the laptop. Yeah, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed and it's fine because I don't want to because I will definitely mess it up in some way so I'm better just sitting back and just talking for oh, I'm dear. good at that um so episode five is what we're on and I'm really do you know what? I cannot well I can believe because we weren't going to quit but <laughs> no. I'm really amazed at the response we've had like we've hit over 400 downloads. 450 we're over 450 462 actually oh. I just checked a wee while ago <laughs> Not that we care about the numbers or anything. No, do you know what? That is so cool that when I looked the other day, what I found really cool is that episode one, people are still listening to. Yes, I know. That is very cool. Yeah, it's not just the same listeners, which is cool, but that new people are constantly coming in. Yeah. I think that's really cool. That Yeah, it's it's fun. It's wicked. So our next goal post will be... 500 is going to be, I think that's a no-brainer, it's going to happen yeah. soon, but 1,000. We're going to have to do something for our 1,000th download. Streak. <laughs> we'll do the show naked. <laughs> but not live on Facebook. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that anyway. I'm not quite sure if we able to, um, to blur out. It would be too much with the tech to have to blur out the sensitive parts. <laughs> and where to even find my... I don't even think you'd see them beyond the table anyway. No. They're like, hanging down here. No. Hanging? Oh. <laughs> we've started off on a very high note oh, today. Dear. But not talking about luxury time. Not yet. Not yet. There's still time. Still time. Lots of time. So we have been harvesting our audience. We want to engage you all in this yep. episode. We want to bring you in on it because I know that this subject, like what Tanya and I both talk about, I mean, anti-racism and mindset, it inspires a lot of questions. It gets people thinking about their own lives and the way that they have conversations and mm. the things that they think about and speak about. And we are a source of knowledge. <laughs> Being called own... many things in my time. <laughs> source of knowledge, not as often. But yeah, we are. We do. This is what we do. So it's our area of expertise. Yeah, and like you said, for both of those areas, I think they are things that hold not mystery, but people are still a bit intrigued about and not yeah, sure. Yeah, you and... need sometimes uh, someone to ask instead of Google. Because yeah. like, if you Google um, how to be anti-racist, it's going to take it's a long good. time to find an answer. And yep. is it a personal answer? Is it a textbook answer? Or is it just somebody else's opinion? Or is this actually something that asking you, Yeah, you can actually get a real life yeah. take on what you can do to yeah. be more anti-racist. So we have, well, I created an email address, which you did. sadly nobody has used. Oh, but we oh, are early days. Rude. Well, it is a little bit rude, <laughs> but it's also very early days in terms of getting our audience to speak up and to And to I suppose things. we have, a lot of people do get hold of us on our socials because we're on there a lot. Yeah, so yeah. And it's do. where I, I would go. It, I if I wanted to ask somebody a question, I would send them an inbox as opposed to, yeah. oh, I know, I'll go into my emails and <laughs> TS and CS podcast. Is that even, I think that's what it is. T's and C's, T's and C's podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. 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 So, but you can use it. You can, of course. So it is there. <laughs> Please. But we have had a lot of you get in touch. Yeah, it's really cool. And we've had a lot of questions and we're really excited to get into them. So shall we just 
with no further ado, get yep. straight into it. Do you want to read out the first one or do you want me to read it? I'll read it because you start the show every week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will take the lead. I am the boss. <laughs> so Jenny's question was, how do you deal with sexist comments from a female colleague when it's against females? Mm. That's an interesting one, isn't mm. it? Mm. I think for me, whenever somebody asks me a question, I always try and reply with a question try and find out why why are you asking this in the first place yeah and that always makes the person it depends on the uh, i think it depends on the context of when how it was asked like was it just out of the blue or was it in throughout a conversation and you think well why why what makes you mm. think what makes you think that's an okay thing to say or why do you think like that i think with things like that i'm always more disappointed when it's so say with a sexist comment coming from a female to another female yeah i'd be more so disappointed like if i hear of say um someone from a minority race that's been racist to another minority race yeah it does it just because you're like are you stupid yeah. like so it's really important i guess with that is then to not come back like that because you're not going to get the response yeah it's always coming from a place of love like there's always yeah. an opportunity to Which learn really it is really difficult and i'm not saying that returning to love is an easy thing to do it's a massive shift in your mindset to yeah. return to that place where you always come from a place of kindness as opposed to getting your back up and want to slap yeah. someone across the face yeah um so starting small and asking them a question asking yep. why the question was asked in the first place it, it kind of it de-escalates that feeling yeah. of rage and total flabbergastedness as yeah. to why somebody would ask such a bizarre thing in the first place and i think even like if it's if you just heard a passing comment and i've made a comment it is it's i say it all the time to in my and um, work with part you've got to challenge it yeah you can't as long as you're safe and all of that but if you're um you can't let it go mm-hmm. like especially not if it's another woman because that is it's just not my wording's gone but yeah you have to challenge it and just you don't have to do that like claire said it doesn't have to be aggressive you yeah. can do that really assertively really positively and just be going oh do you know what that actually is a that's not a nice statement do you know that's quite hurtful or mm-hmm. actually that's quite offensive and if you just say it normally, if you match, I always say this at work, if you match aggression with aggression, aggression's going to go up. If you match yeah. aggression with assertiveness, it's less likely that it's going to keep getting aggressive. Yeah. So it's trying to keep that level. There's no need for it to necessarily be an argument. It's no. just you're coming from a place, like you said, a place of love well, and I a place of helping them understand. If you're getting if you're getting all stressy about it, then you're also kind of positioning yourself as in you're judging them for what they've said. Yeah. You also are not aware of the reason for why yes. they might have said something in the first place. So it's always, no. there's always an opportunity to learn in every situation. Yeah. And I think in something like if somebody is being sexist about their own sex, it just asks why, why would you feel like that? Like what's mm-hmm. happened? What have you experienced before yeah. that's made you feel like that is an okay and general yeah. phrase to use? And it is. And I think that's very true. I think that sometimes we because we are knowledgeable on a subject that you forget that other people might not yes, be. Yes, that's very and so true. so then when you're, they might say something and they truly don't know mm-hmm. that, and I, I've always said this, that if a kid asks me a question and I tell him an answer, I'm happy with that. You can generally ask me anything mm-hmm. and I'm not going to flip out. I'm pretty chill. If I've told you an answer and then you go back and do that same yeah. behaviour, that same yeah. negative behaviour, 
that's when you're more likely to get me to flip out. Yeah. Because you know now. Yeah. So, but if you are coming from a place where you genuinely don't know and you make a comment, mm-hmm. then yeah, it is, it's our responsibility to sort of go, right, okay, cool. What's, no, this is what actually yeah. what you should be saying or why are you saying that or yeah, explore that further. But yeah, you don't have to necessarily jump down someone's throat mm-hmm. for a statement. Yeah. But. Return to love. <laughs> love, love. <laughs> Even know what that was. <laughs> there is no place where that came from but returning to love is it should be the first thing you think about in every situation and it's you know it's not easy it's really not easy but the more you practice it the better you get yeah. and if you like you were saying about not meeting aggression with aggression and meeting it with assertiveness yeah just be more clever in the things that you say and how you challenge things yeah, definitely. Okay, let's yeah. move on to question two. I'm going to read this one now. All right. I'm reading it. Bossy. 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 So, hey, I'd love you guys to discuss issues around mental health, especially around how commonplace it seems to be amongst females our age. Our age is in our mid to late 30s. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And all the issues we're facing compared to previous generations. There's the pressure of working, earning money, keeping a roof over our heads, which is magnified for those with kids, I'm sure. I split with my husband after eight years together, two of which were married. Two of which we were married. The split was due to his drinking and it was the right decision for me, but it's had a massive ripple effect on me. And I'm currently now taking antidepressants and have had two lots of counselling this year. Not sure how to turn that into a question, but maybe you can. If possible, I'd refer to, prefer to remain anonymous on this one. No problem, my darling. Aww. So there is no one question in that. I think it's the pressure of society mm. and what it makes us feel that we should be doing, how we perceive our lives to be. And that yeah. is a really difficult one. And it's something that I've experienced as well. Like, am I doing things the right way? I didn't leave mm. school and go to university, meet my husband, get married, buy a house. <laughs> I didn't do that. No. And now I'm looking and thinking, should I have done that? Should I encourage my children to do that? Mm. What well, There is no right or wrong way to live your life, but there is a right or wrong way in the eyes of society and how yeah. you live your life and what you need to do in order to be that elusive, successful. Yes. I mean, what does success mean to anybody? And this, I think that it's a really tricky thing because it is, there is a lot of pressure nowadays that, and it will be a different pressure, I suppose, that would have been there, say, 40 years ago for people our age growing up. Mm-hmm. And with things like social media and being able to see that people are living these lives Picture of just greatness. Life. But it's, again, and it's the same thing I'd say to young people, is that actually each person is an individual. And mm-hmm. what is success to you? Because yeah. that could be a very different thing. I know that if you took us as a group of friends, we are very different in what we deem successful. Yeah, yeah. That, just making it for a bloody day for me sometimes that is a success i've got through i've not hurt anyone and my brain hasn't exploded kids are also breathing they're all sleeping happy days this is good and it is and i think that life can be really tricky and this year especially has been a horrible year for most people Mm -hmm. that and so we have to then find those ways that what is bringing us joy mm-hmm. out of this year because there will be things there will be those little things and it's yeah. clinging on to those instead of that negativeness because we have as humans we have a sort of 
tendency to go to the negative that it's if I said to you oh um describe yourself in three words yeah generally people are going to go oh fucking hell fat ugly stupid like you go to the negative whereas no go I'm bloody beautiful (laughs) talking about myself here obviously I'm not laughing at that (laughs) she is very clever sometimes and I'm a bloody good mum yeah that we have to do that and we have to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. And from whoever has written this post to sort of, you've had a shit time. Yeah. And it's obviously you were living in a bit of a shit time for a long time. Yeah. You're out of that now. So it's thinking of, you can't keep clinging on to the past. Mm-hmm. The past is gone. Yeah. We have to it's then. It's time to rewrite, at... the, re- rewrite your story. Yeah, definitely. I think who you surround yourself with as well makes a big difference yeah. to how you perceive your life to be. I mean, we are an average of the five people we spend the most time with. And that, when you see that written down in black Mm -hmm. and white, that's quite, it's such an eye-opener. Because you do start looking at your circle and think, yeah, we've got the same kind of cushions on our sofa. (laughs) I painted my house the same (laughs) colour. It does, We drive a similar car. But the chances are you're living a very similar Mm. life to those that you spend a lot of your time. Not your children, not your family, but the people that you've you've chosen chosen. to have in your life. And I think social media dilutes that that kind of equation down because mm. for a lot of people, especially this year, who haven't been out socialising, their interactions have been with people online. Yeah. And you do gravitate towards beautiful things on and, and mm. perfect things that you see. And just, yeah. you know, face, or it's not just Facebook, but social media as a whole, it's like the crack in the wall. Yeah. You're seeing a tiny slither of somebody's life. Yeah. But that... And you're seeing what they is, want you to see. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you have to really remember that. You're yeah. not seeing everything. Even, I will post good stuff. I will post bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's, I'm still choosing yeah. of that bad stuff what I'm posting and yeah. how I'm phrasing it or what I'm showing you. Mm-hmm. It is all completely engineered that... Because I don't want you to see everything. You might feel like, actually, yeah. bloody hell, I see everything. You won't. Yeah, you're really not. You really won't. Even those people that are constant posters that do you know, in a bit, because you're like, all right. There's always a reason as to why they're doing that. Yeah. What are they filling the it gaps is. in their life with this need to post right. shit on social media? And who's saying that's wrong? It might annoy you, so then unfollow them. I do mm-hmm. that a lot. Um, but it's not... Who are we... Again, it's that judgment of why are we judging others. We don't need to let people do what they want to do. And that's why I think social media gets a lot of stick. Mm-hmm. That, and especially... I have a lot of parents that might say, oh, um, that this social media is to blame for everything. And yeah, it maybe has made it a bit worse, but also it can save bloody lives. Yeah, and we have can. to realise that. A lot of that I do is through social media, that talk, yeah. engaging with people. So it's that's not a negative thing. That It's just about learning how to use it. But mental health problems have always been there, that... They may feel like they're more prevalent now, but is that just because we're able to talk about it more now? I think people feel more confident. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are, but I think people feel safer to say it out loud that they're on antidepressants or they feel that it's okay to be struggling and somebody might be be around to help. And it's great that people do. Mm. It's great. I mean, I haven't personally experienced depression to that degree when I after I had Aiden I do think that I had a little bit of postnatal depression okay. for a little while but it was never 
it was never major right, and right. Um, it was never to the point where I went to the doctors but I felt really really shit after I had it right. and for quite some time mm. um, and I felt really ashamed of it because yeah. I didn't have a great big friendship circle down here Trevor was at work all the time I had family down visiting and that I think was what kept me through because I was always excited for the next person to come down and visit you know anyone that knows me loves knows I love a visitor yes and this that was what kind of masked how I was actually feeling so in Mm. a way that was I can't really say it was my therapy because I don't really know whether I had it or not yeah but I know I felt like shit I know I felt really sad. But you had something that got you through it. Enough of a distraction, yeah, Yeah. to get me past. And I I mean, maybe six months, maybe up to a year. Okay. Um, But yeah, I I think when you you feel like that or when you feel that you've got to take medication for something, I think if people were honest about what medication they did take, I think a lot of people do take Mm. antidepressants. And maybe some people take them for longer than they maybe need to. But I think talking therapy, like speaking to somebody is a brilliant way of helping somebody who's experienced something similar, not somebody who's in it at the time because they can bring you down. Yes, yeah, can, you have to be very careful. If it triggers you, it can it can hold you back from moving forward. Um, but being in a place where you feel like I know this lady and I know we're, I think we're actually the same age. She might be a year older than me. So I can completely understand mm-hmm. how she's feeling. Yeah. Like having got to a point where she's, where you think at this age, like just before you hit 40s, mm. where you think you should all have, all, <laughs> have it all figured out. Yeah. You've got the career, you've got the husband, you've got the house. And whether you've got the children or not is entirely it's a personal choice, but that's what society makes you think mm, that yeah. you should have. And then when it all disappears, how yeah. are you supposed to feel after that? Yeah. No, and it is, and it's kudos i've never said that word before in my life but <laughs> apparently now one of my new phrases but, but yeah no well done for reaching out and two times counseling i think what we need to remember with counseling is that it's not a one size fits all and it is yeah. finding that right person, the right person because yeah, it is the talking we often find i find with my mental health day job that we work with young people and that some of them really do just gravitate mm-hmm. but you're going to have others that actually just not their kind of person so they'll do the program and it'll work fine but you'll see with others that it'll just be that bit more engaging mm-hmm. and a bit more that actually oh yeah that's it and it works really well but that's yeah. that is life sometimes you then have to that like, I'll have young people that do the program and then I'll have to refer them on elsewhere because mm-hmm. they need more support it's not a one-size-fits-all life. You can't... There's not one way that's going to work for everyone. Yeah. But actually, trying it, and that's all I ever say to anyone, is you've got to try it if it's there. The, there's so much support out there on offer. There's so much, and it's... That's you, sometimes it's, harder, though, isn't it? Yeah. Because there's, yeah. it's like casting your net and think, hoping you find the right one to yeah. come to you. But then you just... it's. I suppose it's how much you want it or how much you feel you need it. Because yeah. if you have to go through it, I mean, it is that resilience that you've got to go, right, I've met with one, oh, God, I really didn't like that person or it really didn't help me. Mm-hmm. Try something else. But because otherwise, what's the alternative? That you don't try something yeah. else and actually then you fall deeper into depression. Yeah. That reach out. Reach out to your friends and family. If, you don't, if people don't know, they can't help you. Yeah. And everyone, I don't think I've ever had a young person 
not say to me, I don't want to tell my parents because I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a burden to them, so I've not told them anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, especially as a parent, I'm like, I always tell me. Mm-hmm. Always, no matter what else. I am juggling a million balls at every point in my life. But my children, mm-hmm. anything can stop for that. Yeah. And the same pretty much for my friends. It's just, that's what we're there to do. We're there yeah. to support. So support and don't worry about asking for help. I say this, I can be very bad at times. I'm getting better. I think I'm getting better mm-hmm. with certain people. I know who I can go to. I do. I know who, if I ring that person or if I text that person, they'll know from yeah. the tone of my text that I'm not myself. Mm-hmm. And then I don't. you don't have to necessarily reach out. And yeah. that's brilliant for me because it's helped me learn to reach out more. Mm-hmm. And so it is. It's find that process. Find yeah. what works for you and for your circle and talk about it when you're not feeling down as well mm-hmm. talk about how you can support each other mm-hmm. as friends or as family so that when if those times ever do hit you're there prepare we all prepare oh, i haven't got a will but i should have a will i'm gonna do a will but we all prepare stuff like that yeah. and that's so long down the road but what about the day-to-day stuff yeah talk to your circle of friends what's going to happen if i need to go for an appointment i know i can go claire <laughs> you know, my kids yeah of course that it's know that if I run out of um, gravy which I do all the time and coleslaw <laughs> and coleslaw yeah Claire Claire can never move really because I'm going to have to be very independent and shop for myself and I don't want to do that but it is arrange those things have those conversations so that you know who you can go to because that can be really helpful yeah. and also don't beat yourself up if you don't have that or if it does sometimes you have those dark moments yeah. because we're all going to have them but I guess when you take a step aside from what's happening and you step out of your situation mm. and you kind of, you, when you understand and when you begin to appreciate that everything in life happens for a reason, the good stuff and the bad yeah. stuff, that there is an, always a learning opportunity in everything. And this cleanse of this person from your life is always going to be, you'll look back and I, can hate saying it but time is a great healer and it really mm. is and it's a horrible thing to yeah. hear at the time but even tomorrow yesterday feels yeah like you feel so much better today yeah. than you did yesterday and tomorrow you've survived yeah that's today. it exactly so when when we un- when we understand that everything happens for a reason and nothing is ever permanent like everything's changing everything's flowing mm. everything's always moving and towards Towards the greater good, whatever the hell that is. No. But everything ha- is happening to us, is happening for us. And we've got yep. to learn from that. And what can we take? Like, always take a positive from it. At the end of your day, like, t- like we talk about, or I talk about topping and tailing your day with gratitude. Like, waking up mm. and thinking of, say, three things that you're grateful for. Just a minute, whether your eyes are open or not. Just think the first thing you do before you even reach for your phone, mm. before you even get out of bed, just think, what am I grateful for right now? It just... Whether you're in the mood to do it or not, no. just make it a habit. And tail your day with the same thing as well, right? So I might have had the re- the world's worst mm. day for me. Yep. Not for anybody else, but just for me. But what can I take from today that has yep. been good? Or what can I take that I can turn into a positive? Yeah. And try and flip it on its head that way. So give that a try, darling. Yeah. Right. We have another anonymous question here. Yeah. Um, we often have discussions about racism and sexism and how one can be used to understand the other. For example, Harry may think a woman crossing the street at night to avoid crossing his path at night is doing that because of the colour of his skin. I think it's just as likely because it's he's a man. 
and women are taught to be wary at night. It'll be useful to get you and your listeners' thoughts on it. That mm. is interesting because yeah. this is a mixed race couple. Mm. And um, I can... Uh, what What's your perspective of that? I can... So I know this couple. They yeah. live in England. Not in London. In the Midlands. Right, okay. But... I think that there will be a sexism. Oh, God. There will be an element that if you see a man as a woman at night, that you may have a fault of I need to cross the road. Mm -hmm. I think that that is going to be increased because of the colour of their skin. Okay. So do you think there's both aspects to it? I think it will enhance... I think... I think that race impacts so much. So I think, yeah, I think it definitely will, especially in areas that are not as diverse. Yeah. Because then they've got that stereotype. You've then got the stereotype of going, okay, there's a man and I'm a woman on my own. Mm -hmm. But oh my God, it's a man with brown skin. So that's even worse. Mm -hmm. A man might have left me alone, but a man with brown skin, God no, he's going to rob me. And so then you cross. But I'm just sceptical. So would it be... Would I then take my white privilege and say that I wouldn't necessarily look at his skin and just see it as a man in the dark and I'm a woman? Am I being ignorant by thinking that? I think that, I've said before, I think if you say you didn't see their skin, I think it's a lie. Because you would. You might not consciously be looking okay. and going, I've seen their skin, but you are looking and going, I've seen their skin. Yeah. You do. It's. I don't, you can't not. Like it is, it's like going... I'm looking and I didn't see that they had blonde hair and not brown hair. Well, you did. You but did. do you, though? You do. It, you take things in. You see people that... And you should see people, I always say it. But if you were to walk along the street and go... Look, it's one of those things I was talking to... I think it was a policeman that was saying about different learners or different remembering how people remember stuff and that you could talk to someone and some people could actually give you a list of... Like, say, if they saw a burglary happen and they could give you an absolute yeah. list of every what, what the person looked like. And some people couldn't so much. Mm-hmm. Race often is something that always mm-hmm. would be a fact. Because you, it's just, it's such a big, like, signal mm-hmm. of who a person is. So you can't, you would go, even if you weren't sure of their cultural background, mm-hmm. you'd go, oh, no, they had brown skin. I, I don't know much else. I just know they had brown skin or they had white skin. Because you do, and it's because you see, you can't not see it unless you're wearing a mask. Yeah. And even then, people will make assumptions of the little bits that they can see, or however much. But I don't, I just don't think you could. I don't think you could truly say that walking down the street, you passed someone and you didn't know what colour they were, or I didn't see their colour. I don't believe you could say. I that. don't know. Well, that that's a, quite an interesting <laughs> debate, isn't it? And that's not mm. what this episode is about, because. But I am going to continue. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> there will be, I get, there's no way of actually really proving that unless you know mm. every waking moment of a person's life mm. and what exposures they've had and what they've been told, what they've read and what they've heard and what they've seen on telly yeah. as to the, this, the, the profile that they have built in their mind of different races. So unless you, mm. unless you are programmed to think that <clears throat> somebody with black skin in the dark is a threat, Mm. Or whether you just associate the colour black as a threat and in the Mm. dark you feel threatened. Whether it's natural instinct to see someone who doesn't look the same as you and to feel threatened by that. 
I think there's so much more in that debate. I think definitely, I think there will definitely be the threat element in the dark. I do. Yeah. I think that's standard as any woman, but I just think that the colour of their skin will impact that. And I think no matter what, because if no, if we didn't, no, if we had, if it was that varied, I suppose, or that um, influenced by all these different things, then racism wouldn't be such a big problem. Yeah. Because and it's is such a massive problem mm-hmm. that so if we were to say that. A lot of racists, you'd think, what, are uneducated, unread idiots. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're people that have been around but different races. who thinks that, Because, well, I suppose um, Trump supporters. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Should I take that bit out? Yeah, you might have to. <laughs> I'm totally not. <laughs> God. Well, it's, but again, that's a stereotype. Um but it is, isn't it? It's, that it, is the perfect stereotype. And often, and the thing with stereotypes is often people feed into their stereotypes yeah, and, and then you've got that as a problem, or well, not as a problem necessarily. I suppose it's a problem to whoever's... Our little friend it. Trevor feeds into that. Not my Trevor, Trevor Noah. On, oh. the, on the Daily Show. <laughs> his little clips... clips oh. that, I don't know what the name of the guy who Jordan. Goes, I'm sure his yeah. name's Jordan, but he I don't know. He goes in interviews. Oh my God, I love it. I it mean, is but that feeds the into my the day. stereotype. And it does, and there totally. are... And we do, and that's the point, is that, and then we're watching that, and that's then what we're saying, if yeah. we haven't been up close with them, don't want to. Is that to argue that the intelligent Trump supporters don't want to be associated well, with the guy? and this is it, really. <laughs> it's purely a disparity decision. So, well, and the, but when you have, like you said, that bloke, and he's, you've got that many people that are that stupid, uh-huh. and are saying things that are that stupid, and you're going, right, okay, well, sort of prove my point here, aren't you? <sighs> but, again, that is, I... I'm fully aware that not every Trump supporter will be a racist idiot. <laughs> fully aware. But there will be a few of them. So it's like stereotypes are there for a reason. They've come from somewhere, but yeah. we can't all, we can't then let that mm-hmm. lead us. But I just think if you've got all of these images, and all of these so say take that that I'm going, if I meet someone that's a Trump supporter, yeah. my I suppose my first instinct is going, oh, so what? So you're not very clever and you're a racist. Yeah. That I know that's I know that's wrong. Yeah. And I will then challenge myself on that. Yeah. But then that's what's coming at me. So if you've got then all the media going right, okay. So black people are bad. Black men are dangerous. If you see a man, a black man in a hoodie, he's mm-hmm. going to mug you. Your brain. Yeah. It's not. It's not a conscious thing. That. You no. can't, and it is there, and yeah. it's that should be challenged, and that is why we talk about these things mm-hmm. and why there are so many different, like now especially. I think that more, I'd say, black people are making TV programmes and making more media stuff and showing mm-hmm. different races in different ways. Yeah. You'd not just go and turn on the telly and you've got the stereotypical view of what a black person is. Yeah. You've got that. Actually, we're all quite different. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different kinds of us and same with every other nation. That hopefully that will then start drip feeding. And so much of, especially, say, the country that we live in, are people that are open-minded mm-hmm. and that are not racist and that hate racism and want to be anti-racist but I still think if you're walking down the road and you see a man and he's black you're more likely to cross over Mm -hmm. than you would if it was a white man yeah so in respect to the question (laughs) yeah let's bring ourselves back about 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) right we're here to debate maybe that's why people won't want to ask us questions if we Go off on a tangent. It's all right. Get them in the end. But there are two aspects to that question. Yes. And I think it, I think it's good as a well-rounded human to respect both aspects, to yeah. appreciate your white privilege and to respect the feeling and the perception 
of the person who's not the same colour as you and how they might perceive the situation and to understand both and for them to see mm. both sides of it. For them, for a black person to say, to understand that maybe the white person is seeing it from their white privilege perspective and thinking, well, you know, well, no, not everybody's like that. You know, mm. some people are nice out there. They're not everybody's racist. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, seeing the, the different perspective and not it being a challenge and a conflict. Is that fair? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose my... <laughs> no, it's... Do you know what I'm thinking? I, it, my brain is slightly thinking that is it my responsibility as a black person to then make that white person feel better? No, I don't think you need to feel better. I think, I think both people can see and respect it from the positions that they are. But I think more from if you're from, from the white person seeing mm. it from their perspective and their white privilege, yeah. they need to lean more towards yeah. the person who's not the same colour as them and how they're feeling yes. about the situation yeah. and appreciate that. And, and yeah. not for the person that that's not white to be pissed off and angry by and just see it as a learning opportunity and see well mm. how can I help you to understand the history behind yeah. that I think that yeah I get that and I, I think it will depend the on how many times it's happened yeah okay that will be the problem that, and that tends to be yeah. the issue that, I guess said, the first time this... it happened that you'd sort of go okay whatever yeah. but and then it does get to a point where you'd either be like oh for fuck's sake yeah. or it's, but for her son, I suppose... It's her partner. A, or her partner, mm-hmm. then the main... It's... I would imagine he's used to it. And I think that it's... So should she get used to the conflict that they'll have about the discussion? Because if she, is she if she's not learning, I she, don't know if this is the first time or not. I think she needs to learn that this <laughs> is going to happen. Not in a bad way. But I just think you need to... You need to look... I like what you were saying, I suppose. You need to look at the other person's point of view. He does need to see that, yeah, she, that maybe she doesn't fully understand it. Yeah. But then that's his place to educate her and go, well, actually, this does happen and this is happening around the world because that is a very small mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But as I've talked about in some of the sessions that I do, the pyramid of hate, those small things, yeah. they build up yeah, yeah. and that creates prejudices, discrimination, violence. Jenna fucking died. Mm-hmm. Like, it does happen. So it's... It's. It sounds really silly that I get. I suppose get a bit like uh, over crossing the road, but it is because the knock-on effect that that could yeah, have yeah, yeah. is could be quite dangerous for him. Okay. Because and if she doesn't see that, then if they have children, I won't put my children in certain positions mm-hmm. because I'm aware that that could be dangerous for them. I yeah. wouldn't want them. I moved to Kent. <laughs> it was quite dangerous, <clears throat> but not in that way. But it's it's thinking about that and thinking that actually there will be situations that are going to be more awkward, Mm -hmm. shall we say, for her husband, that for her wouldn't necessarily be a problem. And if you're living here, that there is, it's going to happen. Yeah. So it's understanding that. And there may be times that she'll feel that. She may go round to like all of his family's house sometimes and feel like the odd one out. Yeah. But is that feeling like the odd one out? But you're just feeling like the odd one out. You're not feeling like you're discriminated against. Is that the odd one out or is that the minority? I suppose it would be the minority, mm-hmm. but it's, I suppose it's then, it's thinking about how you're being treated. Are you mm-hmm. then, if you're, you can be the minority and still be, and that's fine. But then if... But the odd one out and the minority is a different way of, ex- a yes. different way of explaining it. Because the odd one out with the air quotes, what you mm-hmm. guys couldn't see, yeah, makes it like, yeah. just a little bit different to being in the minority. But then to see a white person is in think, the minority. I think they'd that... be the same. I think they'd be the same thing. Okay. Because it is... 
minority and the minority as we sort of spoke about last week has so many different yeah it does gets people's backs up and yeah. it's it's but actually you are still that's how a lot of people would look at you the odd one out but you mm-hmm. and i suppose then that comes with a problem because then you're saying that you're the different one and then that's all mm-hmm. again and it all spirals mm-hmm. but it's there are going to be occasions where you are maybe the odd one out or the minority and you've got to think about if that's happened to you one out of ten times but actually for your other half that's nine out of ten times yeah you should just be then being empathetic yeah. and be going i suppose i suppose why this even i can feel my heckles up slightly mm-hmm. and i think it's because i can hear people going it's but you pull in the race guard and i think i can hear that subconsciously in my brain of going but he's like no and that's that sets me off because okay. the race card throws everything out of whack and I'm yeah. like, there's no such thing! But, you know. Okay. It's, yeah. <laughs> Another episode, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a long discussion. Uh, right, we've got another question and this one is from Dawn. Yeah. I'm Dawn. the only one in my friendship group that is what I would call spiritually aware. I feel like I could help my friends be a little more positive but I don't know how without coming across to woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I've, I should finish the question before I tell you this um, I'm very aware of how people perceive me I guess it's a little like being in the minority question mark question mark so just a little thing about woo woo um, a friend of mine calls her Nuni her oh. vagina her woo woo so Why? every time I hear the word or say the word I'm like oh it feels weird <laughs> why people woo-woo. call it different things yeah but woo woo that's a drink oh yeah it that's is that's what I think when I hear woo woo I want to get pissed um <laughs> Not take a piss. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, it's not. Right. Okay. So, Don, I can I can actually relate to this because <laughs> no. I'm not the only one in my friendship group that is spiritually aware, but I'm the only one who's actively... Oh, there's your husband walking past. Samuel. Hi, hon. <laughs> Go home. Check on my dogs. <laughs> Check my dogs haven't ruined my house. Um, so I'm the only one in my group where where I kind of I speak a bit like that. I speak a bit like, oh, just you know, let's go meditate and let's just sit <laughs> and be calm, and mm. you know, I actively count people back on their on their breathing and things like that. So I am yeah. a little bit what you might call woo woo. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I can relate no, I mean. to how uncomfortable that might feel, but mm. I think it's just trying not to force it on people and not kind of getting your group of friends to sit around and say, all right, okay, so let's all do some meditation you know you don't want to do that but it's just it's it's trying to get people to think about things in a different way and again coming from a place of love Mm -hmm. and just being softly and gentle on how you introduce things and whether they're even wanting to Mm -hmm. or not um because i have found sometimes like if we're in our group chat if it spirals into like some i don't know negative kind of way of Mm -hmm. thinking and i I'm aware that nothing I say is going to make any difference whatsoever. So I just take a step back right, okay. rather than trying to say, well, let's let's try and see it from a different perspective. <laughs> let's return to love everybody because yeah. it's a much nicer place to be. Um, so it's just annoying your moment and yep. bringing, bringing little bits of spirituality into your friendship groups just through little things like... It could be a little card that you send to somebody or it could mm. just be the little things that you say or it could just be when people make comments. And I think this was the biggest thing for me, actually, was people started to come to me and say, I feel really calm around you. I feel mm. like in a group, I'd get people come to, wo- yeah. to gravitate towards me because I don't bring drama. I don't bring 
like stressiness or any kind of hyperactivity unless I'm pissed Hmm. then that's a totally different ball game but I do get people say about how they feel when they're around me I think the the most I've ever had actually has been at work when I've worked with people like on a 12 hour night shift and people have at the end of the night they're like god I feel so relaxed going home and it's really nice it's a really nice compliment but when you're just being true to yourself and you're being the person you want to be and you're not trying to make other people change the way they think or the way they change the way they Mm. live their lives but if somebody's coming to you with a genuine question there's your opportunity to say well have you tried meditation like Mm. I recommend meditation to people that I see walking the street you know if they're all rubbing their head you need to meditate take five minutes I've got there's one to download on my website look up the mindset mum you know it is meditation like a multivitamin for your soul and it's the one thing that it sometimes it will trigger people because it it is a little bit Mm. unusual to some people but once you've tried it just for a few minutes it makes you feel so much better yeah i am a i suppose i've been drawn into it mm. sort of not em- dragged kicking and screaming well, <laughs> maybe a bit you about approached me to do this podcast <laughs> <laughs> you right? uh, i'm a second thoughts now but no um that I know that so my sister is very much into it as well like is a very spiritual person and I am very much that child brain if you go on at me about something too much yeah, I'm exactly. off I'm done I just it's and I it's I know I do it mm-hmm. and it is a negative drain and I know I do it but I'm just like <laughs> nope stop talking to me stop talking at me mm-hmm. don't talk at me I don't like it but it is it's those little things yeah. that have persuaded me that actually this makes sense it's yeah. not if you were to sit me down and give me a spill I'm, I am a bit like mm, okay yeah, yeah nobody likes it. to be preached but, at do no. they but actually it is like you said it's just being you drop it into conversation very subtly so it's not a like do this it's more <laughs> of a yeah okay and yes have you looked at that no no okay but it's you know straight away whether somebody wants to be yeah. if they want to change the way they think and it's not like it's not like radical change. It's not mm. like a cult or anything like that. It's just about changing the way you, you reactively yeah. think. You know, if somebody pisses you off, rather than being all aggressive about it, return to love, sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sing the song. That'd be weird. But yeah, it's just, it's making conscious changes to the way you practice your, your thinking and your conversations. Yeah. And that's all it is. I mean, I'm still the same person I always yes. was. I think um, that's. I think it's. We talked about this maybe episode one or two. I don't know when we talked about it, but about the stereotypical view, I suppose, of someone that's spiritual and all yeah. of them things. And actually, it's not that. It's so much bigger than yeah. that, and so so many different varieties of it that we talk about mindfulness at work, and it's not always going and sitting and meditating like with the. Mm, yeah, you it can, can make it totally doing, normal, yeah, and it is. It's like just doing an activity, but doing it mindfully and being in the moment. And there's so many different ways about it. But if someone had sort of said that to me five, six years ago, I would have been like, whatever. Yeah. Whereas now it's seeing it and seeing the effect, the effect that it has on you mm-hmm. and how it has changed your life and helped you with stuff. So, same with my sister. Seeing how when she puts it into practice, mm-hmm. how much more chill life is, you sort of go, oh, okay, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I think people are sort of afraid of and... Sort of like I don't I don't have time for that yeah. or I don't want to do that because actually no I'm fine it's it's just you try it yeah but. it's conscious little actions that you do throughout the day and that's what I started the mindset mum for in the beginning was to make 
people aware more of their spirituality so no. that it can live more balanced. No. And everybody wants a bit more balance in their life. Oh, I was watching Nigella the other day and she was talking about balance in her cooking. I was like, yes, girl, <laughs> I love you, but I love you even more now that you bring balance to yeah, making yeah. toffee sauce. Yes. And everything in life is about finding balance. And mm. when you can make more balance by doing little things like thinking about three things you're grateful for yeah. in the morning, three things that make you happy, whether the word grateful makes you think about positive things or not but what makes you happy what makes your heart yeah. sing three things that make your heart sing at the beginning of your day at the end of your day it doesn't take time it's just yeah. you're lying in bed thinking about the shit you've got to do tomorrow why not think about the shit that happened today that made your heart sing yeah and it's just it's yeah. it's just a way of thinking changing the way you think if it doesn't serve you yeah so if you want to have a little introduction to it you could yeah. um this is what my book unleash yourself is all about yeah um, is it beginning that kind of spiritual awareness journey and it does it does mm-hmm. it in a really simple and when I say simple I love the word simple because mm-hmm. I've when I see simple I mean easy for me to sort of understand yeah and I think that's what you need I can't do big words and like all this convoluted <laughs> oh that's a big word um, <laughs> but I can't do it because it throws me whereas when it's actually I can put it into practice or it's something that I can read and go okay that actually makes sense yeah because it's just like someone talking to me and saying it in a really simple way yeah. that's how I found the book I was like okay this this makes sense yeah. this is really easy and to it does. fit just in bits simple Simon stuff simple yeah. Simon right our very last question is an audio mm. note which is very exciting I said to Tanya the other day, I said, have you had anyone send you an audio note yet? She's like, no, not yet. I was like, I really want one. I really want to play it. <laughs> and I was going to play it through the laptop, but I'm not trusting the laptop. So we're going no, to play it just on the microphone. So fire away. Hey, Zara. Just, um, I'm just driving. So I thought I'd send you this voice note because I'm just listening to your podcast. And I remember um, being at school with you and... Do you remember they used to have the um, Caribbean Club? It was in the history room. And I remember you go, going in there and and I remember them saying, oh, you're not black enough. And that has just jumped out at me because at that time I remember thinking, how how horrible I'm not black, but it, it, it upset me because it was not very nice. So, yeah, to say I, I love the podcast and... It's just really nice because I get to listen to you and it's like you're in the car with me. So, yeah, keep it up, mate. Keep it up. Oh, I love that. Oh, thanks, Katie. <laughs> I do love my Katie. It's so cool. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, we've talked about Black Club before, haven't we? Um, we didn't we, actually go into we, 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 we've dro- We've talked about it, me and you, but I don't know we we've talked about it. Have we got colourism on the schedule? Let me just check the schedule. No, we did We did an episode. Remember, we recorded one on colourism oh, no, and no. the sound was awful. Oh, yeah, and but we, we cut have it out. coming up. Okay. It's, it's coming up. Yes. On episode eight. Oh, there you go. I think, yeah, we're doing this, everything in that one, aren't we? Yeah, bit discrimination. Of it, bit of it all. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so... Black Club or Caribbean Club, as Katie nicely put it, that I always just called it Black Club because it was just, it was Black Club. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wasn't allowed to join it because I wasn't black enough. I find that enough. really interesting that she had that, imp- was that high school? Yeah, I must have been year 10-ish, yeah. maybe, so about 15, Because I find it really interesting that she had that empathy. I guess she she had a very kind of diverse friendship group and family yeah. anyway. Um, were you friends with Kate back then? 
Yeah, yeah, Katie was like my group of, not my girls at school, I had the two groups. Oh. So it was like Katie, Laura, Lucy, um, Lindsay, Eleanor. That there was, oh. yeah, that was our group. And it was quite a mixed group. In school, we were a very mixed group, I'd say. Yeah. That, um, Emma, yeah, there was a few of us in the group, but it was, that wasn't the first experience of being told you're not black enough. It was mm-hmm. something that constantly through my life and I was just like I've just been born in London that's all I am I've just I am who I am but Mm -hmm. it was constant and it I remember with that it was like I still don't know what they did in Black Club because I wasn't allowed in and what pissed me off more at the time and still now is that there was a white girl that was in Black Club yeah that's hilarious and I was like what really well (laughs) fuck you all then like seriously and I don't I wonder if they have ever thought about it now at the mm-hmm. time I don't think they even gave it a second thought and it was probably like well no that's just standard why would you want to come that you'd like take that and all yeah. of this kind of stuff but it's I don't know if they would realise the impact that that would have had on me as a 15 year old girl that already was having things like that said and actually you're like well no I am as black as anyone yeah. and that again to have that then from people of your own colour yeah it sort of hits that bit harder because it's like okay and I think I was saying it's like a massive identity crisis isn't it and it was and that was that I did have that quite a bit as mm-hmm. when I was younger because it was like I was never I'm not black enough mm-hmm. for the black girls but I'm too black for the white boys mm-hmm. and girls so it was sort of like really what and it was it was a it was a shitty thing but now, as I've got older, I'm more confident, I suppose, in my blackness. Yeah. But that did take a long time because of that. Because then it felt like, okay, well, I'm not the right black. Mm-hmm. So if I act in a certain way, or if I talk a certain way, or if I do a certain thing, am I going to be criticised for that by someone? And it's it's it really does mm-hmm. take its toll. And I talk in my um, online thing about internalised racism and it does get to a point where you sort of yeah. just go well then fuck all of you black people because yeah. you're not accepting me so fuck you all and it's and that's wrong mm-hmm. because for one it wasn't all black people but it does make you feel like well then I'm not part of that group and mm-hmm. actually no I am part of that group and I'm happy to be part of that group mm-hmm. and I'm not going to let a few idiots tell me that because I date a white man I'm not black enough yeah. because I fucking am so it's yeah but yeah, I hope those. I think of that'll you... be a really interesting conversation when we do have that yes. on episode. I mean, it is. It's it's it is that. a big thing, and I definitely think it's worth exploring yeah. some more. Um, I might get ranty because I get ranty when I get stressed. <laughs> <laughs> look, we have one more question, and look, we're nearly an hour. Do you think oh we can God. fit it in? What's the question? Do you know what? When I created the the blurb and all the text for the for the podcast, <laughs> I was like, we're going to keep the episodes to thirty minutes because I know yeah. we're all busy. We've got we've got busy lives. We've got we're listening on the go. And, fucking hell, we're just we've got an awful lot to say. If you hadn't guessed yeah. already, we've gone from two weekly to one weekly, <laughs> and half hour to an hour. <laughs> we are. We've, at tri- you. we've quadrupled our output. <laughs> we really have. <laughs> you cannot get too much, Tanya and Claire. <laughs> Ever. Uh, right, okay, so we've got our final question. I think the last question I said was our final question. I forgot we had this one hiding at the back. Oh, anyway, I think it was episode two when you were chatting about white privilege and using this in a positive way. I understood the points made, but worry that if white people using their privilege to open doors for the underprivileged, although very noble, this could be fueling the issue, like plastering over something rather than fixing it. 
It's almost giving another layer of privilege, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Yeah. This is deep. And this is something after, like, sometimes I talk. I talk a lot. And then sometimes I listen back and I go, right, actually, is that going to be an issue? And it's, I probably messaged Claire quite a bit of going... What about, oh, the white privilege episode? Yeah, yeah and it did. Yeah, it, it did. Sometimes it froze me because I'm like, does that make sense? Is that going to then cause more of an issue? Is it going to cause... My brain starts to properly go. There's imposter syndrome. Everything starts to happen after I've recorded an episode. And I listened to that one and I thought, actually, no, I agree with the points that I made, but I do think it's such a fine line when mm-hmm. it comes to embracing, I suppose, your white privilege. And what I mean, or what I meant when I said looking at it positively is not going out and being a white saviour because I do think that causes an issue it's going that you do come from a place of privilege and so how do you use that without I suppose yeah without being a white saviour and it's not you're not taking over you're not there to do the job for someone else necessarily Mm -hmm. but if you are in a place of work where there's lots of white people and you have the ability to be able to make that a more diverse environment or make it better for someone else yeah it's those kind of things that's how you can use that white privilege draw more attention to it Mm -hmm. yeah that i'm working with um some people from a university and they are doing so many great things and they're able to do this because there's not it's not the most diverse i suppose workplace yeah and they can do that and they can then that opens doors so it's not about being a white savior it's going right what is my position and how can I then make this better mm-hmm. for people of BAME, like BAME people? Yeah. Um, and so it's it's more things like that. And I probably didn't vocalise that that well because I do, like I said, I get ranty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's thinking of your environment and how can you then make that better mm-hmm. for others, but without taking over because we don't, but and sometimes you might need to take over. I don't necessarily think mm-hmm. that's always bad. But then you also need to recognise if you are, what is your reason for doing yeah, it? Yeah, and yeah. are you taking over? And can that actually be done by someone else instead of you? Like, mm-hmm. can, if, I don't know, my brain's gone. What was you going to say? Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> no. but, um, but I think it is, it's interesting, isn't it, to think from a completely different perspective. Like, now that I'm beginning to appreciate I have white privilege, yep. and I can see it. I can see it in things yep. and I, and it's it's really challenging for me to understand what life like must be like on the other mm-hmm. side of that like I'm, I've lived my life never having to think of it you've lived your life experiencing it every single day of mm-hmm. your life every time it, you encounter something and it must be hard not to say is it because I'm black because mm-hmm. that's like <laughs> the cat is it because it's black well we had the conversation the other day that um we'd gone shopping set like together but separately and I had bought a bag yeah. The, and they anytime I do buy a bag they check they go through the bag they open the bag and check I haven't put anything in yeah. you bought a bag and they didn't but you did say look that there wasn't anything in the bag obviously yeah. but it's the fact that they didn't even feel they needed to do that for yeah. you but and I I and hadn't even a, thought of it, it. I thought it was bag. normal <laughs> I honestly thought they do this too, and maybe they do and maybe you've just got a nice face and it was just a one off but then it is it's things like that that you go what's that is mm. that and if that those things are happening all the time, yeah. you sort of go, well, actually, no, there is that is yeah. something, and it's then as well if you have got that white privilege and you're seeing something happening, it is you interject. Mm-hmm. That I think there's a there was a big thing about all oh, like the stop and search that wasn't the big thing, but about jumping in as a white person when you see that 
because the police may act differently. And I'm not saying that is true, that they will act differently, and I'm not getting into the police because I'm not allowed. Um, But it's... um, yeah, if you're walking past and you see someone being stopped and searched and it is that same stereotypical young black boy, mm-hmm. ask the police, what's happening? Yeah. Like, is, like, um, or ask the boys, are you okay? Yeah. Because it's just then, it's just, because sometimes it just brings that back awareness. Because yeah. say those police officers, and I'm not saying this, I'm just using it as an example, just to say, but say they are working under these stereotypes and these biases, yeah. and then actually you've got someone in that's come in and interrupted that, that may give them a second to go, actually, right, what we're going to act differently. Yeah. yeah, we're going to do this differently. And that could then be the difference for that young black boy, say. Yeah. So it's using, it's in that kind of way, it's interjected. And that, again, anyway, we should all be challenging stuff. And I'm not saying interrupt the police all the time, please. I'm going to get so many shouts. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's, there is shit happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And often your white privilege can be used to help disrupt that. Yeah. And so if you are That's in that position... That's a good word, disruption, yeah, isn't it? Disrupting. Stopping the chain yeah. of thought. Mm-hmm. And it, it can. And sometimes it can be as simple as that. It's... And so it's just, it's thinking, yeah, how can I use it that is going to benefit others? And it's not thinking about how it's benefiting yourself. And I think that's where white saverism sort of comes into it, yeah. is that when you are, it's it's about you. The end okay. result is about actually how this yeah, is going to yeah. make me feel. Yeah. I'm going to go on comic relief and smile with the little African children. Mm-hmm. And look, that makes me look good. Yeah, my album's going to sell yeah. so much next and month. That's, <laughs> that's the difference than actually going, right, you know what? behind the scenes I'm doing all of this shit and yeah. I'm doing it because I want to help yeah yeah you don't need to shout about it yeah, the, yeah. so yeah I hope that clears that up yeah. probably doesn't because I'm ranty today well it's it's ranty. a difficult subject isn't it and it's you're never going to have all the answers to every question and there's always going to be something that challenges your thinking or makes you think actually yeah. maybe there is a different angle to it maybe there is a different way of explaining it and that's what the podcast is all yeah, about is definitely. to get people thinking and asking us questions so that we can challenge our thinking because yeah. although this is our areas of expertise we're by no means the font of all knowledge on them no. most of the knowledge maybe but not all of the knowledge <laughs> I mean most of it 90% there is always room for improvement and there's always room for growth in all areas yeah. of life. And um, and that's what we want to inspire within the and I hope of that, life. And I hope with that in mind that you sort of then go, if you have heard us say something, that you think, actually, that's inspired me either to go and look at things in a different way or go and learn about it some more. Because yeah. that's what we're here for. We're not here to tell you 100% this is what how you must live your life. You should. Yeah. But how you... like it's. But if it then you go... Do you know what, actually, that was a really good point that Claire made and I want to find out some more about that. So mm-hmm. whether that's then you hit us up privately and we have a conversation or you go and read a book on something else or my buy book, Claire's book. My book, Unleash Yourself. I was getting there. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, there's so many things that you can do. The podcast is brilliant. I love doing it and I love ranting and talking yeah. about this stuff. I do, I love it. That We're getting more comfortable with it as well. It's kind yeah. of like Sometimes I sit and I watch you speaking and you're not speaking to me, you're speaking to the microphone and you're just you're passionately speaking it's like we don't normally have a conversation like no. this but this is beginning to feel more and more normal and this yeah. is brilliant I, lo- I, I do, love I this love so it. much and I love that 
from the feedback that we're getting yeah. that people are loving it and yeah, I think that's I that spurs us on makes my heart to, sing it does don't sing again I'm not gonna sing again don't sing again but yeah thank you for all your questions and stuff and we will do this again yeah and don't um, let this stop you sending any questions no, and always send because we can always fit <laughs> we we just run to whatever time <laughs> we want to run so if you send us one and we're not even talking about it we'll talk about it we'll fit it in two hours next week's episode <laughs> It won't be. I will edit the shit out of it and keep it down. Yeah. Oh, dearie me. Right. On that note, shall we say our... F- or wait wait a minute. One more thing before we go. Mm. I um, As I've mentioned, I think, previously in the podcast, or even today, I mm. work in a nursing home. I do night shifts. And we mm. are... We're running a fundraiser to try and raise some money in order to be able to buy an interactive table for our residents. Not Majority of our residents have dementia. What Not all of them. an interactive table? It's like... I think it's probably about half the size of this dining table. If you can see, like you can see my arms moving and I'm doing all this thing here. It's yep. about uh, I don't know. It's a table. It's a table. It's a decent sized table. It's much bigger than a laptop or an iPad or anything like that. Right. It's going. like a like if you know if you go to the game center and you get these little ones where they got fish on them and you see okay, them. Yeah. It's like that. And okay. it, I'm so excited to, to actually own it and not me personally own it. <laughs> to be at the home so that when I'm on my night I can go and turn it. it on it oh, looks amazing okay so we're ra- we're trying to raise £5,000 and it's quite a hefty purchase they're really pricey right, okay. but it's going to make such a massive difference right. to the residents yeah. um, so I have created a GoFundMe page if you okay, cool. feel inspired to donate to it that would be amazing um, I'll put the link in the show notes um, because it's full of numbers and stuff it's not like I should have made it customizable. I should have made it like go fund me at Larchmere House. At oh, da, I don't know da, da, da. you could do that. Well, you can't. Well, I don't know if you can. Oh. You should be able to. So you <laughs> right, can do okay. it on things like this. But anyway, right. it's not. So I'll put the link in the show notes okay. so people can. And find I'll put it. it on the Facebook, my Facebook page, Lovely. and on the link tree, on the Instagram page. I'll, we'll put it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And so just yeah, donate because that is actually very cool. And dementia is a cause very close to my heart. Obviously, yeah. with my mother. Um, so anything like that it's just yeah if it makes people smile then that's good and isn't my it? evening entertainment as well yes exactly my, help Claire my nights pass make it for a 12 hour night shift because <laughs> it's a long old time long old time oh dear yeah, yeah but thank you for listening thank again. you so Any much questions? for your questions they've been really fun to do yeah. I really loved it that we had a voice note so thank you yeah, no. very much thanks Kate <laughs> and also while we're bigging up Kate because I do love her she has got a YouTube channel that is called This Mummy Knows so go and check that out as well because I love Kate and I like supporting my friends so go and hit her up as well subscribe to Katie This Mummy Knows woohoo bye